Stand with me if you would all across this house if you're able. We are going to go to the word of the Lord today. And uh, I felt very strongly of the Lord that God wanted to speak through Brother Chad Hill this last Sunday of the year. I believe that God has given him a word for our church. And um, when I called and spoke to him and told him that I wanted him to preach today, uh, we began to talk and, and he was telling me some of the things that the Lord has, has been showing to him. And it's right in line with what I've been feeling uh, for our church moving forward in the direction that we're going. And so I am thankful today to have all of you. I am thankful today uh, to have Brother Hill and his family here. We, this church loves them, and I'm so excited about what God is doing through our church family. Can we just clap our hands to the Lord today as Brother Hill comes? Hallelujah, church. Don't stop that praise. That sounds so good right there. Oh, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Praise the living name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to lift you up. We come to magnify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, church, pastor said something that was so prophetic. This is still 2015, correct? You better get your praise and your worship on while you still can. 2016 is still here. It's about to come. You better clap your hands into the Lord. Worship him while you can, church. Praise him while you can, church. Hallelujah. For he is worthy. Worship should be a, a lifestyle. This should be something new, church. This should be a lifestyle. This should be something that we should come with the mentality of, God, I come to worship you. Lord, I know that I got something going on, but I'm still going to praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to magnify you, Lord God. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the living name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So very good to see my brothers and sisters here this morning. We're going to have an awesome time today, church. I believe God is going to do something amazing. I said that I believe God is going to do something amazing here today, church. I want to thank Brother Bentz for his great lesson this morning about apostolic preaching. Brother, if you, haven't, you didn't know, man, I believe you was preparing the people for what's about to happen right now. I believe that was right in line to where God is going to prepare. If you can just receive the word that goes forth, my God, he will bless you. He will bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Without further ado, I just want to go ahead straight into our scriptural reading. We can turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. The Bible says in verse 1, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Verse 2, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there, 
where we may dwell. My God. And he answered, go ye. Verse 3. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Verse 4. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they came down. I'm sorry. They cut down wood. Verse 5. But as one was felling a beam. That means he was going at the, at the wood. He was chopping it down. Had to look that one up. <laughs> but as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. Somebody say, fell into the water. The axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6, and the man of God said, where fell it? And he shewed him that place, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither. And the iron did swim. Somebody said the iron did swim. The iron did swim. Wow. In verse 7, where we're going to lead to our title today, church. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it church he took it pastor can you pray for us In Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and worship God. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Here today, church, we see in our title that the story is talking about Elijah. Elijah was one of the most predominant figures in the scriptures. We also know him in the Bible to have followed the great prophet Elijah, the very Elijah who called down fire from heaven, who was taken up into heaven by a whirlwind in the chariot of fire, and one who had done many miracles in his ministry. We first see Elijah mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16. This is when the word of the Lord came into Elijah and still... In a still small voice. <clears throat> in verse 6, sorry, verse 15, I'm going to read before that, bro. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel and to be king over Syria. Verse 16, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat, of, now this is the word I was trying to figure out myself, Abel Mehole, is, is, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> I believe, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Thou shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. Just so we clear, church, Elijah and Elijah 
are two different people. Are two different people. Now, when we pronounce these names, they may sound similar. Maybe it's the way I, the way I pronounce it. You don't know. I, I get confused with myself sometimes. Cause so, I mean, I can imagine you guys getting confused of Elijah and Elijah. Sound the same, spelled differently, two different people. Just so we're clear. All right. So, even though the name sounds a bit similar, mm, God displayed his miraculous in different ways between them. Just to name a few, the prophet Elijah divided the waters of the Jordan River with his mantle. Healed the spring of water by casting salt into it. Restored life to the son of the Shunammite woman. Mm. Multiplied 20 loaves of the new barley for 100 men. Cured Naaman the Syrian of leprosy. There were many miracles, church, that he did. Mm. Some will make you probably want to shout. The miracle got, got my attention, though, was something that might not seem so significant. It may seem insignificant to some. Some might wonder and ask of, of all what God did through Elijah's ministry, he chose to talk about that. Yes, 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 I did. <laughs> now, here's why. Here in our text, we see we find Elijah with a group of the sons of the prophets in 2 Kings, uh, verse 6. Um, yeah, chapter 6, verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said, Elijah, behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Too straight for us. First off, church, let me just say here, here in this text, we're talking about how it says that the place that they dwelt was too straight for us. That means the place was getting too small. They needed to expand. Where God was taking them, they had to expand their walls. They had to, mm, hello, somebody. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Amen, that's right. So they were determined to build another one that was larger than their last one near the Jordan River. Church, whenever there is growth happening, you better believe that there's going to be some expanding happening as well. The church cannot contain the amount of people that's going to come flooding through these doors. Ah, hallelujah. Church, I believe God is going to do something so amazing. If you can just grab a hold of this and what's about to happen, God is going to blow your mind. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, we're going to expand, church. We're going to expand. I believe God is going to do something great. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Verse 2, it says, Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. Skipping down to verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. Can I say, church, I love to shout and holler, dance, do my little thing up here. You know, I love to get my worship on, and I'm all about, I'm all about growth. I love, I love to see the church grow. Mm. But if all hands not on deck...
we're not going to see it come to pass. You see, you can't be just your pastor and the ministers and maybe a few other people up here who's going to be behind the word and go behind the plan that God has for this church. It's got to be you as well. We got to get behind with the... Mm, my Jesus. I'm going to go down to verse 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. It was borrowed. It wasn't even his. He cried out unto his master. Master. It wasn't even his. The axe head was a borrowed tool. It disappeared into the, I can imagine, the muddy and murky water. Uh, it was no way for him to go and try to get it. That's why he cried unto his master. I can imagine him thinking about just, how can I get to this, this, this axe head? You know, it's, 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 it's impossible. Elijah, I can imagine him just freaking out. Help me. <laughs> Master, help me. The axe wasn't even mine. Please help. I was borrowing it. How many of us come into the house of the Lord with something borrowed? Do you clap your hands to the music? Mm. Because you see, ah, my God. Do you clap your hands, church, because you see your neighbor clapping your hands? Do you sing the song of worship because it just reads up on the screen and you just got to follow along with everybody else is going through? Do we shout because our neighbor is starting to shout? We wonder why, church, we can't get the victory. We wonder why we can't get our minds in that, in that, in that, in that mind frame where we need to go into deep worship unto God. We wonder why, church, we keep getting our feelings hurt and stressing and worrying the man of God after he already showed you what you should do. Are you coming into here with something borrowed? Jesus. It says in verse 6, And the man of God said, Where fell it? We see here that Elijah, he was compassionate. He was compassionate. Because he said, Where fell it? And he shewed him that place. And he cut down the stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. We must see here, church, that even though Elijah was a great prophet, was a great teacher, he wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty. He wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty. Come with me to 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, verse 19. I'm going to read through uh, verse 21. In verse 19 says, And the men of the city said unto Elijah, Behold, I pray thee. The situation in the city is pleasant. As my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. Verse 20, And he said, Bring me a new curse, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. Verse 21, and he went forth into the spring of the waters and cast it, cast the salt in there. Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. You see, Elijah, he could have been faced with many other decisions with being in his position. That day could have came with 
things that he could have handled, you know, and he had maybe go to his office and, well, I, I can't worry about you right now. Let me, let me focus on my work right here. He could have been easily, you know, pushed off his student, you know. Then this was a student. He could have said, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. Oh, I don't really feel like just, you know, going to help you with this axe head thing. Uh, but church, let me tell you, a, a simple act of kindness can go a long way. A simple act of kindness, a, a simple of, 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 of sometimes just listening can go a very long way. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 22, it says, the desire of a man is his kindness. I said the desire of a man is his kindness, and the poor man is better than a liar. A simple act of kindness, church. Elijah, like I said, he could have been doing many other things, but yet he chose to adhere to his student. And to go along and to help him. How much more does God is waiting there, waiting for us to come to him with our situation? Another verse. uh, Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Got a lot of scripture here, church. Chapter 3, verse 27 through 28. It says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand somebody say thy hand it is in the power of thine hand to do it verse 28 says not unto thy neighbor go and come again and say unto yeah, to thy neighbor go and come again until tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Church, it's, it's, it's in your hands. Do you see that in the scriptures? It's in your hands. It's, it's up to you to do exactly what your neighbor can. Mm. It doesn't matter how busy you may seem to be. We get caught up sometimes, guys, on this thing of, 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 of life, of that well, I'm worried about me, what I got to do here. When we look past where God has showed us where we need to be helping, it could be your, your neighbor. It could be a co-worker. God could be pulling you to help this person, leading you to that same person where he wants you to win. In verse 6, back into our scripture reading, 2 Kings it says, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. This was astonishing, church. This was simply just amazing. I mean, Elijah took a stick. He took a stick off a branch and tossed it into the waters. <laughs> and the axe head, <laughs> it floated. It flo- I mean, now some physicists will stop right here. I mean, it wouldn't go any further. They would say, hold on, this is, this is impossible. Better yet, the physicists wouldn't even go past Genesis 1-1. They'll stop right there. But see, guys, 
it seemed impossible. In Revelations chapter 19, verse 14 through 15, it says, now before I read that, I want you to realize that iron is symbolized by power. It's symbolized by power. Here's why I say this. In Revelations 19, through, uh, verse 14 through 15, it says, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with an rod of what? A rod of iron. We see this young prophet was using a tool provided by God. And without it, he couldn't get the job done. Without that axe head, it was, obvi it was obviously that, you know, he couldn't perform the job. Just another stick without purpose. I will go as far as to say, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have purpose. When you get the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he came here to do for you, then you begin to develop what is your purpose. And I know the axe head was borrowed. But it was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift. How much more does God give us the gifts, the fruits of the spirit? And sometimes we don't bear it. And we, <laughs> Jesus. Can we read in um, the book of John, chapter 15, verse 5? We're going to show you why without Jesus, you don't have a purpose. It says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. You see, it's not enough to just be. <laughs> Woo. You, you got to be in him, but you. <laughs> he has to be in you as well, church. Ah, my God, my God, my God. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Not just some fruit, but much fruit. The next, look, next part it says, for without me, they can do nothing. You cannot do nothing. Now, any scientist would tell you, with any square inch of iron you give them, it's going to sink, right? Betty, my son can tell you. Give him a, a, a piece of iron, toss it into the water, it's going to sink. But I, I think there's a deeper revelation here, church. I believe there's a deeper revelation here. Think about just like how the prophets, the one of the sons lost the iron head. Think about what you lost this year. What is it that you lost this year? Is it your love? Your joy? Your peace of mind? How about your kindness, your gentleness? Got to have gentleness. 
How about self-control? Ooh, self-control. Oh, man. What about your faith? What is it that you lost this year, church? Where do we first look? What is it that sunk into that water that you need help finding? Revelations chapter 2, verse 5, it reads, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Remember the first place, church, where you are fallen. How many here can attest when you first received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Oh, I can. It's like it was yesterday for me. Coming to this house. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't fearful now. I, I know most stories you hear when, when, when people first come into an apostolic Pentecostal church, they run away. Hey, I'm not coming back here no more. These people are jumping, hollering. I haven't seen any rollers. So I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still waiting to see some holy rollers. But, uh, <laughs> but when I first came in here, <laughs> oh, man. So as I came in here, I, I, I just was amazed, you know. Now, I, I was in the church as a young kid. You know, my father would come to church. You know, we would go with him. And, you know, I was very young. I was like seven or eight or nine. And so I would see other people praising and worshiping and everything. And like I was a kid and I didn't know any better. I'm looking like, oh, okay, these guys are going, okay. But until I came to that point in my life when I needed God, he was here. He was here and he showed himself. He revealed himself in a very personal way. And I, (laughs) it's, 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 it's harder to talk about. It's better experienced. It is better experienced, church. But see, I, I, I start to think about all the axe heads that were in my life. All the ones that have sank to the bottom. The things that I used to not give to God because of pride. The same very thing that struck Lucifer out of heaven. Pride. Selfishness. Fear. Self-condemnation. These were the very things, church, that gripped me. My thoughts were, God, (laughs) he wouldn't want to hear my mumbo jumbo. I mean, he has greater problems to be fixed. (laughs) Like healing cancers, you know, opening up deaf ears, opening and blind eyes, you know, keeping the world spinning. I thought, hey, I probably shouldn't give up to God. You know, I know he sees everything and knows everything, but I'll just keep that to myself. Even though he knows our thoughts are far off, I'll just keep that one for myself. (laughs) We have so many things, church, we don't give to God. And we act like he doesn't already know. I mean, we th- love you too. <laughs> we think our prayers are not being heard, and we think our prayers are unimportant to God. Why do we do that to ourselves? 
why do we beat ourselves up to a point where that, well, God doesn't hear my prayers. And I, I, I know he's, 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 he's healing someone from, from having the AIDS virus. And over here in Texas, they just had a tornado that ripped through, killed 11 people. He got to worry about that situation. Also, he got to worry about the crisis with ISIS and, you know, receiving people back out of the bondage of, of, of sexual perversion out there. I mean, God is so busy with everything. There's no way he can hear my prayer. Mm. My God. Can we go to the uh, book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 26? The Bible says, lift up your eyes on high and behold, who hath created these things? Who hath created it? My God. That bringeth out their hosts by number. Anybody can take a look in the sky. Anybody been looking in the sky lately? Just looking at the stars. Sometimes I like to just you know, looking all into what God has created. I, 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 on my son's birthday, um, we went to, the, uh, <laughs> went to go eat and everything. We came back home, opened up some presents. But before we got in the house, it was just so beautiful. We looked at the stars. It was so many of stars. I'm like, man, why it looks so good tonight. And all of a sudden, we just seen, I said, oh, man, <laughs> that was <laughs> shooting star. And not only that one came, another one came. <laughs> I mean, they were just coming. I'm like, is this a meteor shower? I, never, I didn't see it on the news. I'm like, man. So we sat in the balcony that night. We just sat there, and it was just awesome to you know, witness with my son the amazing creation that God has displayed before us. <laughs> I mean, and to look at those stars, I mean, like, does anybody know how many stars there is in the, in the, in the universe? I mean, we're only one universe. I mean, there's different galaxies out there and everything. But does anybody can guess what number? Somebody give me a number. How many how many? How many do you think is out there? A lot. Okay. <laughs> that sums it up for everybody. Okay. A lot. That's a, lot. It's a, it's a whole lot. Yes, it is. And to think that in our little small galaxy, I want to finish up on that scripture. It says, he calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power. Not one faileth. He knows them all by name. Oh, he knows them all by name. I'm going to make my point, church. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 6. I'm going to read verse 7 as well. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Now, this is what gets me right here. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, how many people can number the amount of hairs in your head? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> you can count, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> you see, the, <laughs> the Lord has them all numbered. That's an, that's an intentional God. That is a personal God. That is a God who cares. <laughs> that is a God who cares. How much more does God care about us? If he can keep count with the sparrows and also keep the, the names of, of the how many stars is out there. And also the numbers of hairs on your head. How much more of a personal God he is with us. He cares about us, church. One thing that I come to realize is that the same God who's healing cancer, the 
the same God who's opened up deaf ears, the same God who's opened up deaf, oh, mm, the same God that's keeping the world spinning, he is here in this house. And he's worried about your, you know what, I'll take it back. God's not worried. He's concerned, but he's not worried. Why? Because he's the beginning and he's the end. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And you see, church, <laughs> I'm telling you, God cares about your circumstance. It may seem small in your eyes, but it's large to God. God cares about the small things. He cares about the things that other people may seem like, ah, oh, this, is, this is not, I just keep it to myself. You know, I don't got to give it to God. No. Take it up to God. Now, some may say, Brother Chad, you don't know my life story. It's not that easy. I mean, you don't know where, where God has placed me. You don't know the promises of God that, 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 that he promised me a while back, and it hasn't come to pass. And I got to tell you, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. But God knows. And I know that he is not slack concerning his promises. I said the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. So, church, if God has promised you something, you better believe that he's going to come to pass. You may not see it right now, but I'm telling you, God is going to reveal your promise. If you can just hold on, church. Hold on, church. I'm telling you, God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Hallelujah. You got to believe it, church. You got to believe it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's worship him right now, church. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, Lord. You are worthy. Thank you for the promises, Lord God, that you have given us. Oh, Lord, we may not see it now, Lord, but we will trust in you, Lord God. We will trust and believe that you will bring it to pass, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, take it up, church. Take it up. We all have a choice. I said we all have a choice. In 2016, you're going to be faced with probably more obstacles, maybe some more opposition than you did this year. Mm. But it all comes down to a choice. I mean, when you woke up this morning, you had a choice. You had a choice to take a shower. Thank the Lord. <laughs> you, <laughs> wise choice, our pastor says. Amen. I mean, you had a choice to, you know, get dressed, come to church, praise and worship the Lord together. I pray the Lord bless you today. Thank you for coming. <laughs> but we all come in here at church with a choice. And I know it may sound like a little cliche when you hear people say, well, next year is going to be a great year. I'm going to do better than what I did last year. I mean, you know, you hear all these New Year, New Year's res resolutions. Oh. Here's one. I'm finally going to go to the gym. Oh, that's the most common one. I believe this is the most common one. I'm finally going to go to the gym and lose some of this weight. Cut back a few pounds and... Uh, <laughs> We all know how long that lasts. 
a couple weeks maybe. Or this coming year, I'm going to work on my attitude. Mm. I'm going to work on my attitude. Yes, right. Work on that attitude. How about I'm going to start tithing faithfully next year. I'm going to start giving more to the church. I'm going to start trusting God with my finances. I'm going to start believing God to bring me a blessing through this sacrifice. Here's another one. Next year, I'm going to start doing even more for the church. I'm going to live harder for God. Now, don't get me wrong. All of these things are great. These are great ideas. These are great things to start your year off. But why would you want to wait until the very next year? Why would you want to wait till the very next year? Your moment can be right now. I said your moment can be right now. Don't wait. Don't wait, church. Take it up. Take it up. Oh. I heard a quote once from Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, I'm talking like I actually heard the guy. <laughs> but I read, <laughs> I read from Eleanor Roosevelt. He says, I am who I am today because of the choices I made yesterday. <laughs> I am who I am today because of the choices I made yesterday. You don't have to wait for New Year's church to make your resolution. You came into the right house to make your decision. I said you came into the right house today, church, to make your decision. Your moment can be right now. Church, if you can just, mm, my God, two, I'm telling you, 2016, church, is going to be an epic year. I mean, if I could ever speak prophetically, I believe I'm going to speak it right now. 2016 is going to be an epic year, I said. Hear me now. Hear me now. God's provision for the church is only available to those who trust him. What do you mean, Brother Chad? If you're not on board for where God is taking this church, I'm sorry, but you're going to get lost in the sauce. You're going to get lost in the sauce, honey, because where God is taking this church, no man's going to be able to stop it. No, mm, no devil in hell is going to stop what this church is where it's going to go. Hallelujah. If you could just get behind, church, where God is giving our pastor to go and trust in God, I'm telling you, this place, we're going to launch off. I said we're going to launch off, church. Hallelujah. God's going to give us new revelations, greater understandings. God's going to take us to a higher height, a new dimension in him, new territory to occupy. New ministries to be a part of. How many want that? I mean, how many wants that? We have to want it. We have to want it, church. The question is, how bad do you want to see the miraculous? How bad do you want to see the miraculous? How bad do you want to see the church grow? What are you going to be doing when we're here and we're having revival and you don't know, having a clue what's going on. 
you got to look back to this past year to see what decisions that you made. Did you get behind the preacher? Did you, did you answer his call when he was trying to figure out where you was at? <laughs> My God. How bad do we want to see the miraculous church? What are we willing to do to further the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? What are we willing to do to see the furtherance of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? It takes some sacrifice. Some say, oh, this is too hard. I, I, I can't do it. The task that the Lord Jesus Christ did was even harder. It seems impossible. How are we going to do this? There's no way we're going to expand. There's no way we're going to be able to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Turn with me to uh, the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus beheld him, beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. It's impossible. Maybe the enemy's been whispering in your ear, it's impossible for you. You're not going to make it. There's no way that you can be a part of this church. No one cares about you. No one loves you. What you're doing is insignificant. It's impossible. But with God. How many? Some? Some things are possible? The Bible says all things are possible. All things are possible, church. Now, how do we do this? It's quite simple, actually. It's quite simple. Participate. I mean, can I, can, can I, can I make it more plain? Get involved. Be a part of what's going on. You may not see the provision, but the man of God does. Get behind your pastor. If there was ever a point where you need to get behind your pastor, the time is now. The word says that he's going to give an account for us. You don't want a bad report. (laughs) You don't want a bad report. I mean, can I just make it even more plain and simple? Just get with it. Just get with it. Get off the pew and bear some fruit. Bear some fruit. Some of us may be still saying, it's no way that I can get into that water to grab that axe head. It's no way. The water is too high. It's too murky. I can't see it. The current is too strong. Let's quit with the excuses, church. Take it up. Take it up. If we could ever see where God, if God God can just give us a glimpse of where he's going to take this church. (laughs) You wouldn't hesitate to jump on board. 
you would not hesitate to jump on board. When the Lord calls, you got to move. When the Lord calls, you got to move. And where God is taking this church, we're going to move. We hear the call. We're going to bear the fruit. We're going to take action. Take it up, church. Take it up. And here's where we get our title from. In verse 7 in 2 Kings, from the very beginning. Therefore he said, therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. That's pretty deep. The prophet Elijah, he could have very well, you know, well, I took this branch right here. Let me just, let me break that off right here. Okay, I'm going to throw it right there in the water. Oh, there it goes. You see it floating right there? All right. I'm going to go get it for you. Stand right there. Hold on. All right. All right. All right. Here's, here, here's your axe head. Right here. Here you go. See the axe head right here? Nice. Ain't it? All right. He could have very well got that axe head for him. But do you see the deeper revelation in this church is that the son of the prophet didn't let the prophet uh, didn't let Elijah take it. He had to go and take out his own hand and grab it. Uh. He took action. He moved. In the book of Luke, chapter nine, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. It says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 24, for whatsoever we, whatsoever will save, whosoever will save his life, shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Church, everything that we do here, God's going to be a part of it. But we have to deny ourselves. We have to put back the flesh. I know the flesh may seem like, well, I don't want to commit to this. You know, it's, it's going to take up my, my, my weekends. Uh, well, I don't really know about the prayer thing. I, I, can, I, can just, I can just stay at home and do my little hakamashah, you know, and uh, stay, in my, um, <laughs> stay in my little bedroom in my comfort and, you know, just do my thing. But it takes about sacrifice. Church, if you can just get aboard, get on board where God is taking this church. I mean, you want to see the miraculous. You want to see what the, what the people did back in the Bible days. You have to get with it. You have to take action and take it up. Don't sit on the pew no more. Make your declaration today that I'm not going to be a pew warmer. I'm not going to be a pew warmer. 
I know the back of your mind said, well, I've always been a pew warmer, so I'm, I'm nothing any, any special, you know. I see Brother Chad being used up there, but, well, you know, he just, you know. You know. God is no respecter of persons. If God can bless me, he will bless you. God isn't good God. He is a faithful God. I thank the Lord for what he has done for this church. And I know where God has given our pastor the provision for it. We're going to see the miraculous. We're going to see those, those, those healings you read about in the Bible. You're going to see those things to where that may seem impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter of, of, of what we could do. God sees your, he sees your, your, your availability. God loves the availability. But you have to want to be a part of it. So take it up, church. Take it up. Start doing something for God. If you haven't done anything this year for God, start to participate. Start getting behind the man of God and where he's taking this church. For the Lord has given him a vision and so we need to get behind him. My God, aren't you glad that we can come to the house of the Lord? Aren't you, aren't you glad that we're, 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 we're able to come to a house of the Lord and praise him, worship him? I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. Church, maybe you do have your axe head. Maybe you haven't lost that axe head. Maybe you, you still got it together. How about your, your edge? Is it, is it jagged? Is it a little dull? That iron, you know, iron does sharpen iron. Maybe you lost your cutting edge. Maybe it's something that this year that the enemy stole from you, you want back. Your joy, as we talked about before, your peace of mind, happiness. You know, so many people, church, who don't have the joy of the Lord. They sit down in their misery and they sit there wondering why they can't get delivered. We have to take back what the enemy has stolen. Take it up, church. If you lost your cutting edge, if you lost something that you want back, take it up. Take it to God. The Lord hears your prayers. He hears your cries. We serve a faithful God. <laughs> I mean, we serve a faithful God even when we haven't been faithful. God is still faithful. That's the characteristic of the God we serve, is that even though maybe in 2015 you haven't been, you haven't been faithful, you know, you've been kind of skipping down your tabs. Or the Lord will definitely give you another chance. You have to take it up, church. Take it up.
Church, uh, I tell you, God has just been doing so many amazing things in my life. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of this church. I love this church. I love, I love our pastor. I love First Lady. I, I love, you know, you guys. Next year, I'm telling you, we're going somewhere. God is going to I get excited. I mean, I, I, sit at, I sit at my job, and I sit there, and, and I think about the good things of the Lord and you know, where, he, where he's taking this church. It reminds me when I was working at my previous job. I used to work for this government contract company called NITEC. And they were kind of plummeting a little bit with their, uh, with their contracts from, like, you know, foreign countries, Turkey, uh, uh, Australia, and you know, different other uh, countries and all. We had contracts through them. And uh, we used to build landmine detectors for the Marines, for the Army, and different countries. And so uh, the sales wasn't going quite the best so um yeah we saw the signs and you know the, the money was good I mean, you know I, I wanted to stay I like you know, my boss you know he was a great guy you know great hours you know I was able to come to church you know didn't hinder my schedule here you know which I love you know always gotta make that a priority but I just saw things I wasn't adding up and so I had this other job you know opportunity that was lined up for me and I remember thinking to myself, like, man, okay, I see this job. This is this is this is great job right here. Okay, but also see this job right here, you know, has greater pay. Um, you know, the thing about it doesn't have, it doesn't have benefits. Got to have the benefits. And what I was about to do from the job where I had benefits, and had everything going on that was great, I was about to make a leap. Into this place where, okay, well, God, hold on. I, I, this place is a temp to hire position. Doesn't have any insurance. You know, the, the holidays, you know, don't get paid. All these different things that was lined up. But I felt God say, go. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I kept fighting. Okay, all right, all right. You know, maybe it'll work out. More, you know, kept showing me. It ain't working out here. You, <laughs> you better get over there. Okay. So I took that leap of faith. And believe where God was going to do for me and my family. And I got to say, church, God has been faithful. I've been working at my job for a year and eight months as a temp. And I said all that to say this. When you put your trust in God, he's going to show you where to go. When you put your faith in the man of God, you're going to believe where God directed him to go. Church, trust in God. Take it up. Take it up. In the name of Jesus. Church, I thank you so very much for being a part of the, what, what God is going on. Uh, if there's anything else... Uh, I believe someone needs to come to this altar. The enemy has took your joy. Your peace of mind, your joy and your peace of mind has been taken. 
the Lord says you can get it back. The Lord says you can have it back. You have to take it. The iron's floating. It's floating. Your joy, your peace, your understanding, it's right here in the altar. As the prophet did when he took the stick and he threw it in the, in the iron float, it, it's, it's right here. God is allowing it to float right before you. But the question is, are you going to take it? Are you going to take it back, church? Or are you going to listen to the lies of the enemy? Are you going to sit there and let him continue to communicate to you that you are going to be who you were in 2015? In 2016, you're going to be the same. Are you going to listen to that voice? Or are you going to listen to what God says? Someone right now... That <laughs> The enemy told you, don't listen to that man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't listen to him. <laughs> Just stay where you are. Stay content where you are. You don't have to take it up. It'll come to you eventually. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. Church, take it up. Take back your joy. Take back your marriage. Take back your peace of mind. Take back everything that the enemy has tried to steal and let him steal no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, church, and God bless you, and I believe God is about to do something great for you. You can just respond and to know in your mind where God is going to take you. In Jesus' name, we give you praise, Lord, and glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.